the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and you're with me today, and we're talking about cars, and you're welcome to join us. You just call us, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and just give me your make and model of your car, and then tell me uh, what concern you have. I get a lot of calls a lot of times where the concern is, my husband says this, and my manual says that, or my dad says this, and the manual says that, and those are kinds of things that... Uh, um, are pretty predominant in my world, and I'm happy to discuss that out loud. And if you have a question, then we can give you both sides. And then, if you're if you want, you can say, "What do you think? What do you do?" And I'll tell you what I do. And that's how it works: six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty is the call. One of the if you travel a lot, and if you're going to travel this summer. I want you to think about buying a temperature gun, which is a little device that looks like a, a pistol. And when you pull the trigger, there's a little red beam. And whatever that red beam touches, that little dot touches, tells you the temperature. I'd like you to consider buying one of those like from Harbor Freight, $20, $30, something like that. And I'll tell you why. Some of the new technology that we have today is we now understand. and. Let me tell you that if you're going to take a motor home or if you're going to take a truck and a trailer, if you're going to have a calamity on your vacation, it'll almost always involve a tire, a tire coming apart, blowing out a tire, kissing the curb, whatever. You'll probably have a tire problem. And that's a really big deal because tires are few and far between, and it's not uncommon for you to need a tire for your trailer and have to wait a day or two or three to get one. And that happens a lot. So the issue has, has to do with just tire maintenance. The glue that holds a tire together is disintegrating at 200 degrees. The top of the tire is the tread, and the sidewall is next to it. So the tread is the horizontal part of it that touches the road, and the sidewall is the vertical part that holds the tread on the tire. When you gun your tire you're going to do the crown of the tire, which is the edge between the sidewall and the tread. And your gun should be the same distance on all four tires. And so this is how Mark Salem does it. When my wife and I go anyplace, we're either hauling a truck and horses, or we could be in a motorhome or something like that. When we stop for fuel, my job is to clean the windshield, check all the fluids underneath the hood, and fill it up. My wife takes this gun, and she guns all the tires on the truck and the trailer or the motor home and the trailer or whatever. She guns all the tires. So she walks up to the tire and she puts the gun about six inches away from the tread where the horizontal tread meets the sidewall and she 
pulls the trigger and reads the number. So this is this is an example of what happens. We're on our way from Phoenix to Tucson. We're taking horses south. And so when we get into Tucson, I need to fuel up, and I pull into a gas station, and she gets out. Now, ladies, she doesn't get her hands dirty. She has pretty red fingernails, and her hands don't ever get dirty. All she does is gun the tires, which is a great help to me. So she comes up after I wash the windshield and fill it up, and she says, the the tires on the right side of the truck and the trailer are a good 20 degrees hotter than the tires on the left side, so I think we need to take the horses off and flip them around in the trailer. And um, what I said to her in clean words that I'm not going to get in any trouble with is, is the head of the horse weighs as much as the butt of the horse. <laughs> Turn <around> in the trailers. <laughs> not going to make any difference, but it's okay, honey. It's okay. So we get in the truck, and we head on through Tucson. We turn east because we're going to Lordsburg. And in Wilcox, I stop and check the tires, and now they're all okay. So what happened? What happened? Well, it took us months to figure out that, remember, we left Friday afternoon. So the sun is in the west. So the right side of the truck and trailer saw the sun on the tires from Phoenix to Tucson, which is an hour and a half, two hours. When I turned east, then the sun is still shining, but it's on the back of the trailer. And that's why the tires settle down. But she knew that 160 on one side and 140 on the other. So she knew there was a 20-degree variation. She was right to bring it to my attention, and, and, and I learned something from that. But that's her job. She doesn't have to take an air gauge out there. She doesn't have to get her hands dirty. She doesn't have to do any of that. All she has to do is, is gun each one of the truck and the trailer tires. Now, we use those temperature guns for everything imaginable. We use them to set the refrigerator at 30 degrees and the freezer at 28 or so. We use it to check the exhaust manifolds of the diesel engines to make sure all the cylinders are the same temperature. And that's a very valuable thing to know, especially if you have an engine miss or a misfire code, which which cylinder is it is the problem. Well, it's the one that's the coldest manifold. We use it for all kinds of stuff. She even fly cuts the stakes and guns the inside, and she can set it for, you know, medium rare, well, medium well, whatever. She can do that. So we use this temperature gun. It's $20, $30, $40, and you should have one, and you should know how to use it. Now, it's not uncommon for, for somebody to have an engine misfire, and if you have a code, it'll say cylinder 6. So if you gun... Cylinder 4, Cylinder 5, Cylinder 6, Cylinder 7, Cylinder 8. You're going to find that 6 is obviously a different temperature. And at that point, you can verify that, yes, my problem's in Cylinder number 6. And if it's not as hot as the rest of them, it's probably because the spark plug's fouled or the spark plug's bad or the wire's bad or something like that. Or there's a vacuum leak upstream causing a real lean condition, and that's the reason why we don't have the right temperature. So we now know that. I can also tell you that and I run into this every day of my life. The normal temperature on a gauge of any car you drive should be between half and three quarters. I know many of you just, it just raises the hackles in the back of your head to think that the temperature gauge is not at a quarter, but we don't want it to run there. We want the temperature of your car to be between half and three quarter. That's where we want it to run. And here's why. 
In the 60s and 70s, we changed oil every 3,000 miles. In these, the 60s and 70s, we were doing major motor work on your car at 75,000 miles and north of that. We had mud inside the engine. Black, thick mud. And when we took the oil pan off and we took the valve covers off, it was just like black marshmallow everywhere. And there was no clean in it. If you pressure washed the top of the engine, all you did is run all that trash into the oil pan. So if you took the valve covers off and you washed the top, then you had to pull the, the oil pan to clean the bottom. There was nothing to do. You, There was nothing cheap to do. In the 90s, we recognized that we need to run the engine at 220. That's why you have a 195 thermostat in your car. We want the engine to run at 220. Now, 220 makes a lot of old guys just wet their pants. Oh, no, we can't run that high. Here's why we need to run that high. Water boils at 212. Remember? Water boils at 212. We need to get the temperature over 212 to turn the water that's in the oil to a vapor, and then the PCV valve system, positive crankcase ventilation system. We're going to suck the steam out of the engine and send it out the tailpipe. That's what we do. That's the reason why today's cars will go 200,000 miles with hardly no maintenance. Uh, no, hardly with any major malfunction, I, I wanted to say. They'll go 200,000 miles with no problem because we don't have the mud and the water that we dealt with in the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s. We just didn't understand and everybody thought the colder your car ran, the better it did. There's some merit to that this reason. Cold air carries more fuel. So if we have cold air and we introduce it into the engine, the engine will get more fuel and the engine will have more power. So there is a relationship. But the problem is is that we need, every time you shut the engine off, we're going to give you three, four, five droplets of water. And that's going to be when we condense the moisture in the air back to a liquid, from a vapor to a liquid as the engine cools off and the key's in your pocket and you're in the house. It's not uncommon for us to change oil and find water in the oil in people's cars because they have short trips and they never bring the engine up to operating temperature. So take it from me. I want your motor to, if possible, never run below half and between there and three quarters. And there are times where my pickup truck, the needle is flirting with the red I'm hauling horses, I'm climbing a hill, and I know my cooling system is running hot. It's okay. I know why. I got a bunch of fat horses in the trailer. I got a one-ton truck. I'm hauling a bunch of hay along with this, and so I'm I'm flogging this motor pretty good. If it flirts with the red, I'm just going to bring up the RPMs, maybe drop a gear, or back off the throttle a little bit, and just keep it between, you know, three-quarters and the beginning of the red zone. It's okay. It's okay. So, and I'm talking anything with a computer which goes back to 1981. So, in the last 40 years, we just didn't understand. So, water turns to a vapor under pressure. Under pressure. Water boils at 212, but under pressure, you raise the pressure, then you raise the boiling point. So, it's just a matter of science. And, and, and people will, t especially the old guys, they'll take out the thermostat to run it cooler and the car has no chance of reaching operating temperature which is 210 to 220 it just doesn't have a chance your oil is going to turn to a tar at 250 no matter what kind of oil what brand of oil 
at 250 it's going to turn to a black tar we're going to cook the oil but really and truly at 240 your engine's cooked anyway so it doesn't really make any difference <laughs> 240 250 your your engine oil turns to a solid and at 240 and 250 the cooling system breaks down because we're going to turn the antifreeze to steam and steam doesn't cool anything so we're going to boil all the water inside the engine at 240 to 250 so those are your zones so remember these three numbers your tire glue's coming apart at 200 don't let your tire get north of 160 170 ever Number two, your cooling system, your water, your antifreeze, and your engine oil is going to turn to a tar and turn to a vapor at about 240, 250 degrees. So your engine is in real dire straits when you're hitting 240, 250. But anything less than that, you're okay. So those are some science that uh, will help you, but it's a hard thing for older guys to understand and to accept, but that's the way it is. That's the reason why today's motors last 200, 300,000 miles with no problem is because we're running the cooling systems hotter, we're advancing the timing, and we're doing lots of that kind of stuff. 602-508-0960, If you have a call or comment, give us a call. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is tired of our representation. I couldn't care less what Congress does because they have demonstrated themselves to be unfit as a collective body. Not individual people, not a half a dozen people who come on my show. As a collective entity representing the American people, they are unfit to serve. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Weekdays at noon on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app, your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Tune in to Top Gun Retirement Hour with Alan Kiefer. It's time in America for CRT. No, not what you're hearing in the media. Critical retirement thinking. Understand the process and challenges of retirement planning with best-selling author Alan Kiefer. If you want to succeed at the business of retirement, do it with a plan and a retirement coach. Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. Right here on 960 The Patriot. I don't want to go blind from diabetes. I don't want to lose a foot or a leg. I don't want to have kidney failure, so I'm taking control. I'm controlling my diabetes. It's making a huge difference. I'm eating healthy and staying physically active. I'm taking my medicine. If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383. I'll be honest. The first few months were tough. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. And with the transition and everything I'm juggling, I'm spread too thin. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Opening up to someone was a big step for me. I I saw that I'm not alone and that there are tools to help me overcome what I'm going through. With support, I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. 
Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash women veterans. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Well, welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and uh, we're going to go to a caller because Bob called in, and I'm going to take him as quickly as I can, and you're welcome to join us if you like, 602-508-0960. But until then, Bob, good morning. How can I help you? Hey, Mark. Uh, listening to your last, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm one of the old guys, you're right, but I'm driving a 2008 Subaru Outback. I have never been able to get the dealers or any mechanics to stop that thing from pre-ignition, no matter where you're at you're sitting there and put a little bit of foot into it and you can hear it reflect back off of the curb uh is that normal with those dang things well does it do it first thing in the morning oh any time it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you run premium through it you run cleaners through it it runs great but you can hear that detonation you know that pinging all the time. Okay. I, I got a couple comments. Um, if you do it first thing in the morning, the engine's not hot enough to ping. There is no pre-ignition. There's no way in God's green earth this thing's going to ping at idle. And there's no way we're going to get a ping under load if the engine's cold. Okay. Could we? Could we... Could we have a, a rattle, a clicking noise? Could we have an exhaust leak? Could we have a valve adjustment? Could we have a an exhaust gasket leak and a tick, 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 tick there that you're calling pre-ignition and everybody's looking at the timing and the EGR valve and the fuel controls and, and, and what the tailpipe emissions are with your NOx, with your, your CO2, with your CO, with your HC. But in reality, we've got a noise that has nothing to do with pre-ignition. Is it possible? Um, you know, we can. I've considered a lot of that. I used to do a lot of the mechanics myself, and I'm really in, uh, familiar with engine sounds and uh, extracurricular body sounds. I also have run it by what was 
should be mechanics like that have the knowledge like you. Um, but that all they all point to it being, well, here's what the dealer said. That's pretty normal with those little horizontal opposes. Well, I drove Volkswagen for years, and they never did that. Um, we, you let's talk about the pre-ignition. Is we're igniting the fuel before the spark plug does. The noise is a knock, and you have to be under load, and the engine has to be at comp- at high operating temperature, and you have none right. of that first thing in the morning. No, I didn't say first thing in the morning. It does it all the time. Anytime, you know. I, uh, I thought you said that it was just sitting there idling and on, you can hear it. No, I did not at an idle. You, you don't hear it. You, you hear it at a first throttle. Doesn't matter how slow you go. If you have something to reflect it, the sound back off of you, like a curb or a wall or something. I've sat in parking lots by myself at midnight and tried to just barely give it throttle, and you can hear it. There it okay. goes. All right, we're we're going to just have to agree to disagree because I've never seen a car that would have pre-ignition on a rev without a load. I've never, and that that goes against the properties of a pre-ignition of a pinging. We have to have load. We have to have heat. We, and and you don't have any load when you're sitting there next to a wall revving the motor up. Try this. Just try this. Just for grins. Just try this. Is it fuel injected or carbureted? Oh no, it's fuel injected. Okay. So, first thing in the morning, you're going to have the hood up and you have the air cleaner off of it, and you and you've got just a little beaker of some transmission fluid, and you're going to rev the motor up with your left hand. And you're going to start pouring that transmission fluid. You're going to do this in your driveway, but not in your garage. You're going to pour that transmission fluid in there. And you're going to be rev the motor. Just keep it running. And the motor will kind of go down. The RPMs will go down. And you give it a little bit more gas. And just put two or three ounces of dribble, two or three ounces of carburetor or uh, transmission fluid into the mouth of the, of the air intake. Right. And then you're going to get a heck of a lot of smoke. But I want you to stuck a rag in the tailpipe. And then I want you to walk around the motor and look for an exhaust leak. That's all. We're going to pump a okay. whole bunch of smoke into the engine. You got you got the tailpipe shoved with old pair of underwear. You're not going to rev it up. You might have to rev it up to keep it running. But what you're going to look for is, is any kind of an exhaust leak on the in- exhaust manifold on one side or the other. It's worth okay. a try. No, it sounds like it, and it makes sense. And, and actually, I've I've done that with older vehicles. Um, what um, what is the chance if it is something inherent in this so-called Subaru engine? Uh, is it uh, if it is actually some type of an advancement? Is there any timing on these new motors? Yeah, that you can't. Change the advancement and the timing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but you're not sure. in the range of that. You're not in heavy load, high RPM, and big engine temperature. But no, you've got to have all three of those in order to have pre-ignition. No, I'm just asking for my own yeah. knowledge with that. These new motors, I tell you, you lift the hood, you 
a four-cylinder engine, you can't even see the floor. No, you, you, I agree with you. It, it, here's the deal. So it the, someone needs to determine if it's related to one cylinder. Why don't you just take one of the spark plug wires off and go drive it for a while and see which one makes the noise go away? Try to isolate the well, cylinder me, that's causing it. Let me run this by you. Last year, I ran it through emission. Okay. And it, it failed, and it pulled up a, um, I'm guessing it's a false code like you were talking about. It pulled up number one cylinder's bad. Okay. This thing runs like a bat, a bat out of hell. It, four cylinders, you got one bad one, something's wrong. That I agree with everything that you said. Texas. I agree. Okay. I agree, but but I'm not going to focus on number one cylinder um, just because it says number one cylinder, too, because the computer has to start counting and sometimes if number one goes bad, it starts counting at number three <laughs> and number four. Okay, so well, if- any, anyway, I, I, I failed. And so I told the guy, I said, you know, it doesn't do it all the time. It's intermittent. And so he allowed me to go, and I got some of that Tetron and threw it through one tank. It stopped it. It passed like there was nothing wrong with it. Okay. So I mean an injector that had a little gunk in it or something? Again, I'm working off of what you're telling me. And if you had a problem with pinging, all you had to do is put some super in it, and that would change the ping. It may not eliminate it, but it would change it. But you opened this conversation, and you said numerous times that this thing will make it sit. You can hear the noise when it's sitting there running. And that just doesn't fall. I think it's some other noise. I don't. I think you're chasing your tail. I think you think it's a ping, and so you're doing all this stuff with a ping. When in reality, it could be a, a lifter, it could be an exhaust leak, um, it it could be a rod rattle. It could be so many different things that we have fixed in the past for these kinds of noises. I just think somebody needs to spend some more time looking at the noise and with a stethoscope. And we'll be right back. This is Joe Cordell of Cordell and Cordell. I want to speak to the dads who are being denied access to their kids excluded from key parenting decisions, are contending with child support issues. In all of these cases, doing nothing is probably not a good strategy. The law has given you rights, but you have to assert them. If the challenge is the cost of an attorney, Cordell & Cordell offers a capped fee option. Give us a call. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Phoenix area attorneys. A partner men can count on. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. CordellCordell.com. This is attorney William J. Wolfe, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, attorney William Wolfe will host Yoni Titi for an hour-long discussion of current events in Israel. The subject, how did we get here and what do we need to do to get where we belong? That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. 
texting whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, Our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 88 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 1,000% increase in the last 40 years. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. The lines, uh, we've got a couple callers. I'm going to take care of them, but 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Somebody called and didn't want to go on the air, but they wanted to talk about the different temperatures of the different fluids and the different areas of your car. And the answer is yes. The cooling system, each one of the parts of your car has its own cooling system. So the the, the oil temperature will be different than the coolant temperature, and the coolant temperature will be different than the air temperature, and and the transmission temperature will be different than all the rest of them. So, yes, we don't have the same temperature across the board. The cooling system circulates antifreeze with the engine and sends it to the radiator where it dissipates its heat. So, going from the, and we go from the top hose into the radiator. So, when it goes in the top, it's hot. It's going to be in the vicinity of 260, 270, but it's going to come out at the bottom between 190 and 220. So, we're going to lose about 30 30 degrees of temperature in your cooling system as we take the coolant through the rate. Now, the oil is the same way. The oil, when it's pumped into the moving parts of the engine, the oil heats up, but as soon as it's put back in the big swimming pool of oil, it cools off. Plus, the swimming pool of oil, we have an oil cooler, and so the oil goes through the cooler and drops a bunch of its heat off. So, oil and um, and coolant, 
and exhaust and transmission fluid, they all have their different temperatures and, and they're not dependent on one another to, to do that. And so I understand the confusion about engine oil at 250, uh, 250 degrees Fahrenheit is going to turn to a tar. Um, and then I turn around and talk about the exhaust temperature and the transmission fluid temperature and stuff like that. But each one of them has their own cooling system, and they'll all work within those parameters. Tony, good morning. How can I help you? Hey, love your show, Mark. I uh, listen to you every Saturday when I can't give you a chance. Hey, Thank I have you. Two, random que- two random questions, pretty brief. Uh, the first question is, I have a 2012 Honda Accord, and I listen to a lot of your maintenance recommendations. You recommend that the belts and the hoses should be replaced about this time, right? I always do it at the beginning of the summertime, and I think that um, that how many miles are you, have you have on it? One hundred fifteen thousand. Okay, I like to do rubber stuff at a hundred, and so you've been around the world four times because the girth of the Earth is twenty five thousand miles. So I think, uh, and the fact that your your car is ten years old and you have a hundred thousand miles, that's kind of a double whammy. I think hoses and belts and a, a good cooling system flush is it, it it's in your best interest. Okay, thanks. And then my second question is, when my car is idling, or if I'm like just have the foot on the brake and it's still in drive every 10 to 13 seconds it'll drop 100 rpm just like it's taking a deep breath and like gasping for air and then it's fine i don't have any problems with it but is that something i should be concerned about is it possible that the air conditioning cycling and causing that rpm it could be. It, but sometimes it happens early in the morning when i'm not running the air conditioning but in defrost we run the air conditioning so right. I I want you to I want you to get it to happen, however it is, and then I want you to take all the climate controls and turn them off and see what happens. Because I think I'm going to guess that we have the air conditioning compressor running for whatever reason, and I think we're cycling it on and off. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And and if you turn it off and it goes away, then you're going to put an extra dollar in the plate the next time you're <laughs> you're in front of the plate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. You bet. <laughs> I say something about the plate, and I got a bunch of cowboy buddies are going to be texting me, going, "You don't know anything about the inside of that building where they pass the plate." That's not true, but they can say that. Anyway, <laughs> with climate controls of today, we have automatic systems that you just set them on automatic, and you set the temperature just like your house, and that's it. It's it's important to understand that that system is going to go hot and go cold depending on the temperature, and when that happens, there's likely to be a little bit of a hiccup in the engine RPM or the feel of the engine as the air conditioning compressor goes on and off. And if you ever want to see what that feels like, is just sit in your car, close your eyes, middle of the summertime, and turn your air conditioning on and then turn it off. And I'm talking the fan too. Turn the fan off and turn the air on and off on and off and you'll hear click and then you'll hear the rpm change and then you turn it off and it'll say click and you'll hear the rpm rise back up that little bit of a hiccup is very normal because we're using a fan belt to drive a pump and the pump needs a little bit of power and so there's going to be an rpm drop when we engage the clutch on the air conditioning compressor when we engage the clutch on anything belt driven like a, a, a fan a fan clutch so when the fan clutch comes on, a mechanical fan clutch comes on, and we lock the blades because the fan has sensed that the radiator's too hot, 
that will cause a, a, a change in RPM. So you'll see that kind of stuff. And 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 Gil, did you say we had another caller? Uh, yes, we have Aaron. Aaron, good morning. How can I help you? Hey, Mark. Appreciate their show. I'm just curious. I have a uh, 2014 Q70 with a V8, and I'm not happy with the way the shock absorbers work. Uh, what would you recommend uh, as far as faster, possibly faster reacting shocks? Okay. Now, what kind of car is it? It's an Infiniti Q70 with a 5.6 V8. Okay. 2014. I I tell you what I I want you to do. I I would like very much if you'd send me an email and just say, we talked about my shocks for my Infiniti. And my email address is mark, with a K, mark at marksalemlikethecigarette.com. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because I don't know the answer to your question, but I know who to talk to. I'm going to call a couple of shop owner guys that are into the tuned suspension, and I'm also going to talk to my daughter and my son, because they both run the performance division of our company. And I think that KYB is going to be at the top of that list, I think. But I want to find out for sure. And so if you'll send me an email then I'm going to email blast these people and ask them. And and I think, do you want more of a softer ride or do you want more of a sport ride? I want a quicker reacting shock absorber than the standard. I've got 60,800 miles on the car, and uh, sometimes when I hit a, a small bump in the road, uh, it, it feels nasty. It's very harsh. Okay, okay. And and that means that we're collapsing the shock faster than we really should. The shock absorber should absorb that movement slowly and collapse and extend. And in your particular case, you're feeling it. And right. and and of course it's your 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 car's what 12 years old? Um well, 2014, it's up there. Oh, yeah. 8 years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, my, my math is I'm looking at the clock and I'm Gil's yelling at me and he's using bad words and I'm past my break and all that stuff. But but if you'll send me an email and, and, and put your phone number in there, when I call you back, I'm going to call from a blocked line. And if you don't answer, I'm going to leave a message and say, hey, um, Aaron, I'm going to call you back in 10 minutes when I'm going to call from a blocked line. But I'm going to ask the people that really know this is one of those questions I just don't. I think it's going to be KYB, but I'll check, Okay. All right, I appreciate that. Thanks, Mark. You what? 602-508-0960, and we'll be right back. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness you can do for others. On June 1st, you could win $5,000, and a deserving organization will also receive $5,000 in your name. Share your kindness with others. Enter the Kindness Challenge. Go to 960thepatriot.com to enter. That's 960thepatriot.com. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes from the Biden administration, and how it could affect your retirement? Then listen to Another Money Show with J.R. Rochford and Anthony Correo. Learn how you can reduce the taxes you pay before and during retirement. Another Money Show every Saturday at 4 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. Schedule your free no-obligation consultation now by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. 
Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin, look at us from here. Justin, Justin, OMG. He just looked, I love you, Justin. I love you. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash az. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. For help with food, health care, and other resources, call or visit 211.org. 211, how can I help you? 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 45 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. And uh, if you have a car question, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And let me um, tell you something that's kind of a private issue with me, and it's no real big deal. It's just um, I was 18 years old when the Scottsdale Police Department hired me in 1973. And um, I went into the academy. I got married. This was like December 26th, they called me. And um, then I went into the academy. I was married in February, and I think in March I went into the police academy. So I was a very young, young man. There's lots of Scottsdale policemen that go back into the 70s that had a profound impact in Mark Salem's life. One of them today is his birthday. It's Dennis Borkenhagen. Everybody called him Bork. His serial number was 160. He was one of the old guys. (laughs) He was one of the guys that you just depended on. And he came from the east, I think in the Chicago area, and he was a policeman there. And we really kind of admired him because he had experiences in the eastern big city he came from that we probably wouldn't have ever had here in Scottsdale. And so he was a good guy, but today's his birthday, so I want to wish Dennis Borkenhagen a wonderful birthday today, and I have it on my phone as his birthday, and that's the reason I know that is because a year or two ago it came on my phone, and I just put it on a reoccurring thing on every year. So there's lots of other guys there. Don Alsop, 
was another sergeant. Tom Clark was another sergeant. Paul Warshot was another sergeant. I remember Hank Mulch. I don't think he ever made sergeant. But these old guys that had to be 30 and maybe even 40 years older than we were put up with us young guys. And the young guys are like Barry Vassell, Mark Salem, Darwin Barry, Jeff Trapp. Um, I, I just... There's just so many of us young guys that owe our existence to these older policemen who um who who many have gone on to police heaven but uh but but it's just they they were an important part of us growing up it, you you may not have known this, but Scottsdale was hiring policemen back then at eighteen and nineteen years old, and we were the 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 we were the part of that so we we were old enough to carry a gun and old enough to legally shoot and kill somebody, but we couldn't even order beer because you had to be 21 to buy liquor. So it was kind of a weird thing back then. But I just want to pay pay homage and, and honor all the guys that uh, helped mentored uh, me and the many of the other young officers that uh, were in the Scottsdale Police Department in the 70s helped guide us, mentored us, laughed at us, taught us, counseled us, chewed us, chewed our butts, um, guided us, and sometimes stood in front of us and took an arrow from his administrator that was really deserved for us. And so there's there's many of you out there, and... Um, and I, I, I want to honor you, but it just happens today is Dennis Borkenhagen. Bork, 160 was his serial number. They're up to four digits now. Mine was 238, I think. Oh, I know it was, but 238 was my number. But, but Bork was 160, so he was there a long time before this young buck that had three whiskers um, strapped on a gun. <laughs> we, just, we were young. We, we were young. I, I can't tell you how many times um, somebody just beat the hell out of me. <laughs> and the only good thing about it was is the, the officers that showed up during the fight usually got the bad guy in handcuffs and stuff like that. And back then, they, they may have slapped him once or twice just to make him pay for beating up the little 18-year-old kid over here in the in the gutter that just had his butt kicked by some giant guy that was 20 years older than he was. But those were, those were the days that, that they were. And uh, but but again, um, there's Tom Clark, Paul Warshot, um, Dennis Borkenhagen. Um, gosh darn it, I just uh, J- uh, Jim Calloway. Uh, uh, those are the guys that really mentored us, and many of them are gone, but uh, but their memories aren't. So happy birthday, Borkenhagen! It's uh, it's uh, you're you're you are part and parcel in me becoming the man um, that my mother admires. <laughs> but, you, but he may have taught me a couple of bad habits, but we'll, we'll skip over that. When it comes, comes to car problems, it's important for you to stay off the Internet because the Internet is full of people who have problems and they want to tell you how to fix yours, but they can't even fix their own. If you want to really make your shop mad, walk into the shop and dance a piece of paper across the front counter from YouTube and say, I want you to do this to my car, because most of us are not going to do that. We're going to be polite, but we're not going to do that. So you have a problem that you can't fix. You went to YouTube and you talked to somebody you've never met before. This guy could be a dog catcher or a brain surgeon or anything in between, and I don't mean to do I, that sounded terrible. 
he could uh, he could be the lowest in the economical uh, income stream all the way to the highest, whatever. And you want me to fix your car, or you're going to tell me how to fix your car. And when it doesn't fix your car, all I want to know is, is who's going to pay for the effort? So you told me to do something. You told me to flush this or do that or adjust this, and I did it, and it didn't fix your problem. And so now you have a problem because you don't want to pay the bill because the problem's not solved, but yet I did what you told me. And that's a very difficult situation to be in. And especially, like right now with computer systems, our computer systems in the auto repair industry are, are just something to behold. We know a lot about everybody. It's on your car, I should say, not your personal life, but your car. So when you come in and you tell us to do that, um, we're not going to do it. We're just not going to do it. Give us the symptoms. We're going to charge you a diagnostic charge, and we're going to find the symptom. We're going to verify the symptom. We're going to get it to happen. And once we get it to happen, we're going to identify why it happens. That's the way it is. Now, sometimes, not often, but sometimes, we're going to fix it along the way. So we have a tick-tick noise, and we figure out what the tick-tick noise is. It's an exhaust gasket. So we put a little silicone on the exhaust gasket in the morning. Then that afternoon, we drive it, and the tick is gone. Then we take a pick, and we pick the silicone out, and the tick is back. Boom, we're done. So we're going to bid an exhaust manifold gasket to fix the ticking noise that you have. That's kind of how it works. That's how it works in 75 80% of the shops in town. There's some guys that don't want to do diagnosis. They don't want you to come to them with a problem. They want to do maintenance. Maintenance is good money. Maintenance is low risk. And the worst that can happen to you is you create a leak on an oil pan uh, of a transmission that they didn't have before, and you're going to have to do the gasket again. That's the risk. When you start diagnosing things and you're going to hang a mass airflow sensor on an Audi that costs $1,100, you better be sure because they're not going to take it back. So if you sell an ass airflow sensor and you say it's going to fix the check engine light and fix the drivability problem, you damn well better be sure. And it's real easy. Us old guys and many of the young bucks that work for us, we know how to do that. But I, it's just I don't understand the thought process that someone on the Internet who's holding his phone up and he's telling you how to fix your car and you're going to go spend money perhaps hundreds of dollars to do what he said. Now, he never heard your noise. He never drove your car. He never plugged in a scanner to look at some of the parameters and know which ones are out of whack and which ones are solidly in the middle. Those are the kinds of things you're paying for. And it's not uncommon for us to have a fee of $100, $200, $300 to find it and a buck to fix it. That happens. Not always, but it happens. So if you want to really make your shop mad, walk in there with a video, a YouTube video, and tell them to fix your car this way. You can take your car on the Internet and just Google your car, and you're going to find thousands of posts of pattern failures. Your car is going to have this problem. This is how to fix it. This is the noise. This is the check engine light. This is the code. No one can do that. And guys like me don't post that stuff on the Internet because <laughs> we're smart enough to know that that's gonna, not going to work on every case. So just just understand that there is a process. And I think if you, you want to find a good shop, here's a tip for you. Go to a couple auto parts store on Sunday morning when it's slow. 
get a hold of the oldest man or woman there and say to them, I just moved into the neighborhood and I want to know who the best shop in town is. Who pays their bill? Who doesn't return parts? Why is that important? Because a lot of shops will buy the part, try it, it didn't work, and they return it. The shops that never return parts is because they diagnosed it the first time. (laughs) And they don't have to do, let's try that. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try that. We don't have to do that. We can see on our handheld scanners. We can see the member. So we plug it in, and the mass airflow sensor says 8, 8 grams. And we know it's 2,000 RPMs. So we, we go, it should be a lot more than 8. It should be 20 or 25 or 30. So you rev the motor up, and it's just at 8. So then you look at the boot, and you go, oh, the boot's torn. It's sucking air around the mass airflow sensor. So 80% of the air that's going into the engine is not going through the mass airflow sensor that reports to the computer what kind of air is going into the engine. Oh, okay. So all I need to do is replace this bellowed hose. Oh, okay. Or tighten the clamp. Oh, okay. Those are the things. Folks, I am far from the smartest guy in Phoenix, Arizona on cars. I am a long way away from the smartest guys. There are guys out there that that are much better than I and we are. But the fundamentals don't change. The fundamentals of air and fuel and spark and timing and vehicle emissions and tailpipes, thats it's all the same. It's really important for you to know that what comes out of your tailpipe tells us what's going on up front in the engine. <laughs> tells us. Does so if you have high HC, um, then you probably have high CO, and CO means it's running really rich, and so it could be an oxygen sensor, but it also could be a fuel pressure regulator that's leaking raw fuel into the air system, and it's not supposed to. So the fuel pressure regulator is run by a vacuum hose, and the vacuum hose, and when the diaphragm goes bad, then it starts leaking gas into the hose and that extra source of gasoline is now at the engine and so now the engine is consuming that gasoline but the tailpipe going wait a minute what happened here you have to know that you have to know to take the hose off the fuel pressure regulator look inside with a flashlight Ooh, a lot of gas in there there's my problem Go to the fuel pressure regulator, replace it, put a new piece of hose on it, go drive it, clear the codes, start all over, go slow, go fast, take a 20-minute drive, boom, you're done. Everything, all the parameters are perfect. That means you you hit a home run. So if you want a list of good shops, you can go to MarkSalem.com and look at my list of best shops. These are friends of mine that I know, that I trust, and I often tell you about. So again, they're good guys, all of them. So mark at marksalem.com is my email address, and my website is marksalem.com. Until then, wear your seatbelt. Remember, it's a lot more fun to hit the seatbelt on a head-on crash than it is that windshield. It's going to hurt a whole lot more when you fly through the windshield than if you just have the shoulder mark across your shoulder. I'll see you next Saturday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.